Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I say your name. Do you solemnly swear? To support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and to bear true faith and allegiance to the same. Then I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of those officers appointed over me according to regulations and the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me God. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of the American Vet Podcast. I am sitting here with Brian. Brian is a Army National Guard veteran. He served from 2003 to 2009. During that time, he did an 18-month deployment to Iraq, and now he is an ambassador for Mission 22. Ryan, thank you for coming on to the show. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, so talk to me on kind of like who you were before uh, boot camp and why you joined the, uh, you got to, you got to tell the story on why you joined the Army National Guard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, so like a lot of people post 9-11, 9-11 was the, the main driving force for me to enlist. Um, at the time I was married, had four kids, so it was, I I couldn't do active duty as much as I wish I, I, I would have, it just, it didn't fit my family lifestyle. Uh, my wife had two kids from, from a previous marriage. I have a, a daughter from a previous relationship. So in order to keep families and still be able to, to be cohesive, the, the national guard was the way to go. Uh, but, uh, I was in the civilian side. I was a quality engineer uh, for a kidney dialysis manufacturing site. Um, did a lot of work. Oh, 15, 15 years there. Um, uh, they took great care of me while, while we were deployed. Um, held my job, all my drills. So I, I got a huge shout out to that company. But, uh, but yeah, that's... 9-11 was the reason that I, that I wanted to join. Um, the weird part, the funny part that uh, I think you're alluding to is I had actually went and talked to a army reserve recruiter, um, got all the paperwork filled out. I was going to be a combat engineer, uh, which basically is infantry with blowing stuff up. So, yep. uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome MOS. So we get to maps and doing all the paperwork and I, I, Luckily, I read the fine print and it, it showed uh, my MOS being a cook. And I'm like, wait, whoa, wait, that, that's not a combat engineer. And I said, well, that's the only openings we have right now. And I said, well, I'm not, I'm not signing here. There's no way there. Oh, you have to sign. So I said, let me make a phone call. Yeah. So I called. We, I had a good friend that was a National Guard recruiter. And I called him and he said, hey, I, I said, hey, they're telling me all I can be is a cook. And he said, Go across the street. I'll pick you up. I'm not allowed to pick you up in the parking lot. So <laughs> went outside. He picked me up across the street at the Apollo Burger. Got a bite to eat. He took me down to the, the recruiting station. Got all my paperwork done. And he had me back at MEPS the next day signing up as combat engineer. So Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, that's just kind of funny because it's like, you you know, you walk in there and like a used car dealership kind of deal. You know, the guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're not going to get that warranty. Well, I'm not buying the fucking car. I'm out of here. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to go next door to the Toyota dealership. And I'm going to buy their mm-hmm. fucking car. <laughs> Absolutely. So did you ever, so after signing the paperwork now with him, did you ever go back to the original recruiter and say, hey, buddy, they gave me combat engineer. What, what the fuck? <laughs> no. So. Uh, what my recruiter, what the guard recruiter told me was, because once once my reserve recruiter left me at MEPS, his job was done. His paperwork was done. So that's when they went through what their slots were available for the Army Reserve. They didn't have the combat engineer slots available. Okay. So where where the National Guards funded through the state, they had different openings, different opportunities. and. I should have went there first because they have better bonuses too. So oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think uh I wanna say that you are the very first uh reserve that I got uh on the show. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I <laughs> I loved it. It was I mean it it's definitely definitely hard with reserves. Um transferring mindset back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. Between soldier to to civilian, but that was, I think that helps on the transition side of when you're actually out of the military as, as a whole, where going from active duty, like you've mentioned in several of your other podcasts, it's your lifestyle. It's all laid out in front of you. Every day is already planned. And then you get out and you're like, well, now what? Yeah. So with, with, with being guard, it does help with that to an extent when you get out, but it, it, it there is still some difficulties when you get out because, you know, you get out as an E6 and you're like, oh, I'm I'm somebody yeah. over here and I ain't shit over here. So <laughs> you trying to find that balance that I've found to be a little bit of a struggle, but we work through it. Yeah. You know, somebody asked Drive me. Drive on. <laughs> somebody asked me one time they're like you know after you did your your time in active service do you wish you w- would have done reserve that way you could have been home a little bit more and stuff like that kind of like the reasons why you went reserve and not full-time you know home with the family stuff like that and uh i i told him i was like you know i'm i'm glad that i did active service because like you said going from you know hero for a weekend to you know general person in society and then going to a hero again for two weeks and then general person in society is I think would be the is gotta be the hardest thing to deal with for anybody in any branch in any any situation as far as just being a reserve as opposed to just you know, I would wake up every day knowing that I'm gonna have to go out there and do Marine Corps stuff. You know, yep. as opposed to saying, all right, I'm gonna be Marine this weekend and then next week I'm gonna go, you know, work at IHOP or whatever. So, yeah. So boot camp. So you go to the same boot camp at Fort Lawson Woods as regular, you know, sorry, um, Army National Guard goes with, you know, the Army. Yep. For boot camp. Yep. 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 Okay. So when I, and when I went, I was, I was 22. So uh, the drill sergeants picked up on me real quick and uh, I was grandpa. So <laughs> I was the oldest by many years, <laughs> but it had its perks. I mean, I had, a, I had some drill instructors that, that, uh, they knew obviously I was old enough. So 
Yeah. You know, when we would go on our FTXs, our, our field training exercises, they'd I'd get a ride in the truck with them up there and drill sergeant was like, Hey, I, I know you smoke. So here you go. I had, you know, I had cigarettes and beer through, oh, perfect. through, through boot camp, but I wasn't an asshole. I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? I, so I, I had that leadership role from the beginning just cause I was older, Yeah. but there's, there's nothing like, and, and I know you had mentioned on a couple of podcasts about the stress card. I didn't have a stress card just for the, just a disclaimer. Just the yeah. I never had a stress card, but, <laughs> <laughs> and my, my son, my, my oldest son joined, uh, joined the army when he was 17, he did this split enrollment yep. and he didn't have a stress card either. So I don't know where the rumor comes about of a stress card or okay. if there is a stress card, I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see the purpose of it anyways. Even if it does exist, I just don't see the, I do. yeah. So same thing. <laughs> so, okay. So you get yeah, out of, I, you get out of boot camp, Fort Lawson of woods. And now as being a, um, you know, army national guard, do you get out of boot camp and then go to like combat training or anything like that? Or you just get out of boot camp and they say, all right, you're going to be at this unit at this town in this state, you know, from where you so, live. So with combat engineer, it's a, it was, it's called OSUT training, one station unit training. Okay. So our boot camp was actually 16 weeks long. We didn't have a break into AI, our, our advanced individual training. It was the same platoon, same DIs okay. for, for 16 weeks. So that kind of sucked. Cause I mean, we were, we have the different color flag phases when you're in, in boot camp in the army and we, we were basically red face all 16 weeks, no passes, no privileges. I myself got very religious every, yeah. every Sunday. I, it was the only day I had to myself. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did the same thing in, in boot camp for myself. You know, they're like, Oh, you know, you can stay here and you can write letters to home and stuff like that. And that doesn't really ever happen. Or you can go to yep. church. Once you're at church, you're at church, you know, you're away from your own DIs and stuff like that. You're almost yep. like on a field trip. So I'm the same thing. I got religious all the way through boot camp, got out of boot camp. And I was like, and I'm done with that. <laughs> Yeah, the the first the first Sunday I didn't go to church because they said it's your personal time, write your letters. Yep. Yeah. And then you got had to go out mow the lawn. <laughs> and then if someone was fuck up every time, so you're getting smoked. Yeah. Yeah, church sounds great. I'm just going to go to church on Sunday. So that's <laughs> where my 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 faith really started. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So now after you did all the, uh, the training for uh, combat engineer, um, at that point, do you go home or? Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I flew home. So I, I went to boot camp. I enlisted in J- in January, yep. went to boot camp in April, got home in August. When I got home, my unit was already deployed to Iraq. So where my units deployed, I get stuck with whatever units are still in the state. So, I get attached to a heavy construction unit. Okay. So, which is cool, but I don't know how to drive a dozer, uh, right. scrapers, or I'm not a mechanic, but yep. I get tossed into them. Well, uh, two months in, we get told we have orders to deploy. So now I'm deploying with this unit that I just met these people in. Uh, so we, we mobilized in December and we had to go to good old uh, Fort Carson and do all of our pre-training. 
okay. which nothing like going to Fort Carson, Colorado in December, <laughs> freezing ass cold yep. to go get ready and train for the desert. Yeah, that don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's like wiping before you poop. <laughs> That's exactly it, right? So, so then they load you up with all the cold weather gear. Right yeah. now, you just got to lug around because you don't need cold weather gear. Yeah, in Iraq, but so then we, yeah, so we uh, departed to Fort Carson in December. Uh, boots on the ground, uh, January, and did my year. And then the unit that was supposed to replace us, the guard unit out of out of uh, Michigan, couldn't mobilize, so we had to do extra time until they could mobilize and get deployed. So fun times. Got home. Uh, all in all, start to finish, it was about an eighteen month deployment, and uh, that was that was a fun part of life. <laughs> <laughs> so now going in, did you kind of like you know like even though I'm signing up for to be a reserve. Were you in hopes of going right away or were you kind of in hopes of like getting your feet wet in the, in the military aspect of life and getting everything ready for your family? Or did you, were you excited to just go right over there and get some, some, uh, this is where I have to look over my shoulder and make sure my wife's not around because (laughs) my answer to you and my answer to my wife are going to be completely different. Yeah. I was, I was, I was ecstatic. I was excited. Yeah. That's what I joined for. Okay. was to be able to have that opportunity to go. Um, I was disappointed in in the unit I was going with because, like I said, I, I wasn't construction. I, I don't have any idea. I'm not a mechanic, yeah. and I'm not trained. I don't have the MOS qualifications, so I can't do anything. So what happened to me was when I was, when I was deployed, I'd get attached to the different groups. So I would learn multiple things, whether it's being the gunner on the convoys because of my, my background or, or – um, taking up security yeah. at different outposts at ammo dumps. Um, when we were stuck on base, I learned to drive the Hemet. So I, I was a, a, I got turned into a fueler. Yeah. Uh, so I drove the Hemet around, and so I, I did a whole bunch of stuff uh, while I was there, and saw a lot of things, a lot, a lot of things I'd, I'd like to forget, and there's yeah. a, a lot of things I'm, I'm glad I'll never forget. You know the, the friendships I built, the camaraderie. I mean, even even cross cross uh, branches. I, I met a lot of amazing Marines that yeah. that I talk to still this day, and it, it takes a lot for for a Marine to like a Army guy, let alone a National Guard yeah. Army guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, you get put in experiences where where you rely on your brothers and sisters, whether you know them or you don't know them. Right. You learn a lot about someone when shit hits a fan and, and I was able to earn their respect and, and vice versa. So yeah, it all worked out great. I made it home. So I can't, I can't really complain. Yeah. You know, you're, as you're telling me that uh, you're, you're getting moved around all over the place. That's what I was thinking about. I was like, man, how did this guy, you know, cause I'm thinking, you know, you go over there with a the unit, you got the camaraderie that's getting built up, you know, your brothers and sisters that you're with, you know, what kind of, like, all right, this guy's a fucking goof. This guy's not, you know, as you're moving around, I'm glad to hear that, uh, even moving around that you were accepted, I guess. Um, and yeah. you're able to find some good people with you. So that's good. I think that just, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with my personality. I mean, I'm not yeah. a douche. I'm not a, I'm not a, I know more than you do. Right. Even though a lot of the times I did, but it's okay. 
yep. you know, everybody, everybody has their pros or cons. It's just a matter. I mean, I, I've learned how to, and I can get along with anybody. So. Yeah. Perfect. So now you did your 18 month deployment. Now you're coming home and was it like you did you, you do your 18 months and then you come home and you kind of have like, um, like a, the only word I can think of right now is like a debriefing, but a, like a, like a cool down mm-hmm. phase and then they send you back home or is it just kind of go yeah, back home? So they, they fly, they, we got home, we got it. Well, we had to go through our out processing at Fort Carson again. Um, and the training, the out briefing, really all they gave us was quick, quick little meetings that no one's paying attention to because now we're able to drink again. Right. So we're yep. thinking about getting, getting to the NCO club as fast <laughs> as we can. So no one's paying attention there. There's not an emphasis on, Hey, this, this is real shit. You're going to, yeah. you're going to be experiencing like you need to, you need to square up and listen because someone's going to have a problem. Right. So right. I really wish there was a different way. And that's something that I'm hoping, um, you know, that I can help facilitate a change in the future. Uh, just, just being able to go and talk to, talk to units when they, when they get home from mobilization. And I know when they get home, they want to talk, they want to be with their families, their wives, their kids and stuff. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's you, you wait a month after you're home and say, all right, or, or two weeks or a week even yeah. say, okay, that that whole phase is done now let's listen we need to yeah here's what you need to expect so that's some things i'm trying to push for i've got some things in the works some that i'm trying to to work with uh like you said earlier i am an ambassador for the mission 22 so i i hope to get as meant a lot of focus out there yeah it's uh we definitely need it um there's like we, you know, like we said before, you know, before the show is, is there's just not enough of us out there to kind of help and get the awareness out there of, uh, you know, it's not the whole stigma of you're weak or there's something wrong with you or something like that. It's just, you know, I don't even like it when they, when they say, Hey, you know, you, you know, you have a mental issue or you have a mental problem. I don't like it when people even label it as that, you know what I mean? Because it's really not. I mean, everybody handles things every, you know, completely different, which is another reason why I wanted to start this podcast because everybody's got their own, their own story and their own way of getting through some things, you know, when they're getting out and everything else. And uh, as far as Mission Twenty Two, that's where I'm finding it now. Is I can get there. I can talk to guys like you, you know, on the other side of the U.S. and everything else. We're all in one spot, one local spot. So, um, yeah, it's. Mission 22 is definitely where you need to be and you can do a lot of good with mission 22. And I don't want to get into your ideas. I don't want to speak for you, but. <laughs> oh no, 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 for sure. No. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I've, I've had, I've had quite the roller coaster and uh, I think the bad thing is people think that uh, the veterans are committing or, or attempting suicide. They're all veterans that, had combat experience. They've right. seen someone get shot. They, and it's not the case. The majority of the veterans that are attempting suicide or, or committing suicide, they're not combat veterans. It's, right. it's, they, they, they're struggling the transition of going to, from, from being someone, a part of, of something to, to being by yourself and, and fending for yourself and, and yeah. not knowing, not knowing the transition. So that's why every, you know, I, I, that's why I try to spread the word is, Hey, 
just a veteran's a veteran. It's it it's not right. combat vet are the only ones that suffer because uh, a lot of the friends that I've lost, they were I mean they were combat vets. They weren't in combat. They were right. the stresses of being in combat. You know, we were in Mortaritaville, so we had mortars every night. I mean, right. always high alert. I mean, so many different things play into it. It's not just combat veterans that. Right. Oh, you were in a shootout, so you have to have the problem. Man, yeah. the office guy at at the base has the same problem. So. Yeah, that's another reason why I'm kind of glad that you're on coming on the show tonight too is because you you see that you know um yep. so talk to me about like um transitions on getting out of the national guard like do you still have to go through seps or they kind of just say hey november 3rd your orders are done november 4th you're free and clear of the army like how's so, that work so my last year in 2000 uh the start of my last year so in the reserves, it was six years active, two years inactive. So on my, yeah. my sixth year, I didn't drill one time. So I was going through a medical separation for PTSD. I was diagnosed with PTSD. And uh, I hate the D at the end of it because I don't feel it's a disorder. I just right. feel it's post-traumatic stress. So I, I say D just because most people are like, oh, well, what's PTS? Right. Just to clarify. Uh, so I was supposed to get a medical retirement. But they drug it out, drug it out, drug it out, drug it out. Here's my ETS date. All right, Sergeant. Here's your papers. See you later. Away I went. So <laughs> Yeah. Kinda kinda got kinda got the shaft on that, but it is what it is. Um it took a long time for me to seek help because I didn't want to be the the wuss, the the puss in, in the unit, the guy that had problems, right? But it took my dad. I mean, I'd get home. And I was, I was not, I wasn't a good husband. I wasn't a good dad. I mean, I was faithful, right? but love wise, hard to show emotion, snap at the littlest things. I mean, I think at this time my kids were 12 and youngest being four. And if they didn't eat all their broccoli, it was the end of the world for me. Like, right. No, this is, this is life. Right. So my dad sat me down and thank God he did put a mirror in my face and said, you're an asshole. You're not, you need, you need to fix you or you're going to lose everything you have. And that's when I finally said, yeah, all right. right. So I went to the VA, started getting help. And you know, am I perfect today? No. Do I still have issues every day? Yes. But you know, my biggest thing is the VA tried to give me a concoction of sleeping pills, medication. I, I hate narcotics. I hate opiates. I refuse to take it. So I live off of, I'm going through a sleep therapy right now. I just started last week and we're seeing on average, I get two and a half to three and a half hours of sleep a night. Um, it's been that way for since 2006. It just is right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it is what it is. I'm alive. I'm, I wake up, I'm blessed. If if I open my eyes in the morning, I'm blessed. So it's just a matter of what can I do today to make it better than yesterday. And who can I help today to make it so they can, they want to see tomorrow. Like I want to see tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so having PTS um, and being labeled with it or whatnot. And, you know, nowadays PTS is so everybody knows what it is. Like there's no, you know, you could talk to my five-year-old and she'll, she'll know what it is anyways. 
Um, but for people out there that know they have it and they don't want to be called, you know, the weak or, you know, all the stigmas that come with trying to go get help. Is there anything that you want to like just tell them and get out there to, so they, you know, any words of wisdom, I guess. Just, just do it. It's not weakness. I promise it's not weakness. And I mean, I, I give my phone number out to so many people, my email address, like, Hey, like I, even if I don't know you, like I would much rather know your story than attend your funeral. Just give, give, give me that five minutes to talk to you. Like, we're great. You know, just, it's hard to see that there's a problem. So unfortunately you you almost need someone to be honest with you and stick the mirror in front of your face. And like, it's never good when you have to see something negative about yourself, but you just got to be accepting and and accept criticism. So the transition getting out for you is kind of a little bit different than everybody else. Cause you sounds like they were just met hold met held just so that way they didn't, you didn't get a medical discharge. You just got a regular mm-hmm. end of contract, honorable discharge. Yep. Um, I mean, how was, I mean, how, I would be losing my shit. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd be, I'd be kicking down. I don't like the VA that I'm out here with. Um, I use the VA. I don't have uh disability or anything else like that. So I don't collect. So I just go and see the VA cause they're free for health insurance. And I live in Massachusetts mm-hmm. and health insurance out here is through the fucking roof. Um, and they're pill pushers where I'm at, you know, get, you know, I went there cause I had some uh, shoulder pain or whatever. And, and my doctor literally told me, he's like, listen, I'm the pill guy. Come see me. If you want pills, um, you know, if you want, uh, to go see a chiropractor, I'll send you off to go see a chiropractor. If you want physical therapy, I'll send you off, you know, so pretty much. And he was literally saying, he's like, what do you want to do to fix your problem? I'm like, well, you're the fucking doctor here, you know? But, uh, so yeah. that's what I, I dealt with out here and, and you going med hold that long is that's just crazy. I don't know how you didn't, you know, be on some type of newsletter somewhere saying that, you know, army national guard guy kind of ripped the doors. Yeah. Down. <laughs> <laughs> it was def- definitely frustrating. And, you know, I think the VA has actually come a long way the last couple of years. Cause when I was first going through, it was a joke. So where I live in Utah, I have the main VA hospital in Salt Lake it's about an hour and a half away but we have little satellite clinics. And so you'd go to there, but they didn't have the resources there for, for counseling, for therapists. So they want you to go to the main hospital. So you, you play their game, you go to the main hospital where you're in a room full of 25, 30 Vietnam vets. Yeah. It's a two hour bullshit session, which was great. Like I loved it, right. but it's not doing me any good. And I can't take off of work three days a week to go down to Salt Lake to, to BS. And so just fighting with it, it was, it was a struggle, but now they've got, they've got it now to where this COVID's actually been a blessing because they do everything remotely. Now you can do it all face to face with your, with your counselor, with your therapist, right over your phone. You don't have to go anywhere. It's a little bit more personal. Yeah. God, I'll tell you it, every the COVID has been has blessed me for for my my ailments that i that i go through um so yeah but i but i i feel this administration is trying to trying to regain the trust of of the military the veterans 
And I, I feel they're doing a good job in capturing that myself, but without getting political. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it, it is tough too. Cause everything, every story is different. You know, like you were saying earlier, you know, some things that give you the PTS might not give me it, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, I step on a mouse and I, now I have it. You know what I mean? It's just for yep. everybody is completely different. So it is, it is a hard thing to say, Hey, you know, VA, you need to be absolutely perfect. But yep. you know, my biggest, it's absolutely. You know, my biggest thing is just the whole separation getting out of the military. Now, I mean, if you listen to my other episodes, everybody knows now at this point that that's my biggest ripe is, you know, you go to boot camp for three months, then you go to, you know, combat training for a couple more months, and then you go to your MOS school for a couple more months. But when you get out, it's, you know, 15, 20 days of checking your gear out, then, hey, adios, you know, so that's, yep. that's where I think the ball is actually being dropped. And, you know, they need to be pushing, hey, you know, this is how you go to and get your post nine eleven. If you want to go to school now that you're getting out, or if you want to buy a house now that you're getting out, this is what you actually get, you know, from your record. You know, yep. this is how you fill out a resume. This is, you know, I mean, everybody can be their own human, but it is a lot to, at least for the active duty to go active duty every year or every day and then get out and then, absolutely, yeah. You got you got some Tito's in that. I um. <laughs> maybe <laughs> my, I, it's funny that you said that too because my wife's like you know you got to stop drinking when you're doing these fucking podcasts she's like with the people i was like why <laughs> they're all veterans anyways you know um well i'm gonna do what i do <laughs> that's me i'll do what i do and if you don't like it i mean i guess that's your prerogative not to watch yeah <laughs> but i've actually yeah i've actually had an issue here lately because i've um realized that I'm, i do about a a handle of Tito's a week and which is about 24 Sprite cans a week. And now I, uh, I don't like the intake of Sprite I'm doing. So I switched over to, uh, it sounds funny, but it's working for me. I switched over to Tito's and Gatorade. Hey, I've done it. <laughs> I do that. I do that elk hunting. So, Oh, there you go. T- Tito's and body armor, <laughs> you know, wake up with, uh, with some Tito's and, Get, get yourself a Bloody Mary going before, you know. Yep, there you go. Got to start the day off right, so. Got to order some Rippets I mean, and see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had a Rippet since <laughs> since Iraq. <laughs> I hear they're at the dollar store, but I haven't seen them. I'll, yeah. have, to make a, I'll have to make a trip. <laughs> yeah, no, now you're an ambassador for Mission 22 out of Utah. Uh-huh. Um. So how long you been a, an ambassador for, for Mission 22? Uh, not long. It was February. Right. January, February of this year. But with COVID, they've kind of put a halt on events. I mean, yeah. our state, we opened back up for a minute, and then the governor shuts it back down, and we open up, yeah. and then we shut back down. So as soon as it's I'm, – I'm thinking, in my opinion, which has no affiliation to the podcast, but right. – as soon as the election's done, whoever wins one way or another, it's going to be a done deal. It's going to be lifted. Yeah. We're going to be back to normal life. And so that's when I hope to really, really get out and, and meet with veterans. And so we, I, I'm a part of a Utah Warriors hockey team. Uh, it's a team okay. made up all of veterans. And uh, we actually travel to different states and play in tournaments. And we have a, a semi pro league here in utah that we have a booth for 
at every game for the Utah Warriors, but uh, I've already got it cleared through the, the Utah Grizzlies organization to have a Mission 22 booth in right next to our Utah Warriors booth. So that gives us a, a way to talk to veterans both for for sports, you know, because yeah. with, with that program, we try to get any veteran, whether you can skate, you can't skate, we don't care, but we'd rather you take the ice than take your life. So, right, that that's our right. message with the Utah Warriors. So it's been great. Just another way, another platform. Being with Mission 22 will be great. Um, great people, the, the founders of it, amazing stories. Like they're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Uh, which, which is hard to find a lot of, a lot of these nonprofit companies, they're doing it for themselves. Really? Yeah. They like the benefits of themselves, but to appear that they're doing something for other people, but I don't get that feeling with mission 22 super, super great guys. And they don't hide anything on their numbers. So right, exactly. that's what, that's, that's what, that's what drew me to them. Yeah, exactly. So the, the hockey thing is, uh, <laughs> That sounds like you're you're finding your own sense of camaraderie there again through hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yes. that's that's so if you're in Utah, you know, look this guy up and uh, you know, maybe you can get on a hockey team and show him how to play hockey. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and and it, and even if you're not, I mean, we there's a tournament in Vegas every year around uh on Veterans Day. And there's teams from from Britain all over the U.S. I mean, there's hundreds of hundreds wow. of teams, and they come and play. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing tournament. And they have another tournament in October just for disabled veterans. So, uh, our team just went out to Nebraska. I think we played. I, I wasn't able to go because I was on the elk hunt, but uh, yeah. we played teams from Nebraska, Kansas City, uh, Texas, and of course Utah won it. <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is, yeah. but, uh, we have, a, we have a team going out. We have, we actually have, uh, three teams from Utah, the three different skill levels, beginner, intermediate and advanced. And we got one team going to Pittsburgh, I think next month to, to play. So I'm going to try to get on that list to go. Cause man, growing up, I've always been a Penguins fan. And this is a, this is a tournament, uh, Mario Lemieux, the owner of the Penguins, help sponsor so i might get a chance to meet my my childhood idol so i'm looking forward to that that should be a good time yeah i don't know i'm a a big bruins fan so (laughs) that's okay that's okay (laughs) i didn't know if i wanted to say it but i did um no that sounds good that you you know you found your uh, a way an avenue for camaraderie to get the guys you know local vets in your area to get together and uh because that's one thing i miss out of it all you know what i mean i like if you listen, absolutely yeah you know i had um one of my good friends you know he still doesn't want me to, he's still active service um so i'm not putting his name out there but you know like i called him a couple other episodes of Eret. you know he's still out there he's kicking ass still in the marine corps um but you know he's no longer anywhere near me since i've got out you know and he keeps going all over everywhere i mean he's been you know, he just recently came back from um, Africa. But anyways, um, no, I'm glad that you found that. And for the listeners out there, and if you don't mind, you know, I'll put your email in the in the show description too. People can get a hold of you that way um, if they're yeah, out in Utah. for sure. Absolutely. Um, if, if you're not 
if, if you're not reading the show description, it's a pretty simple email address. It's Brian at I G Y six 22.com. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've got your six, everybody out there. I got your six and I, I would, now I don't know how much more time you have, but I would like to put a plug out for an organization that uh, completely changed my life. Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, the Malinawa foundation. And uh, what they did is, they trained a service dog for me. It was my, it happened to be my German short hair pointer, but they trained my dog to be my service dog. And I'll tell you, it's changed my life just to be able to, to walk in public and, and have my dog kind of keep everybody away from me. Uh, if I stop, she's turn around, stand behind me and watch my six. Yeah. I mean it, I'll tell you, I, I haven't had the freedom that I've had this, this year in a long time. So if, if you're looking, if, if you're having some issues with, with PTS, look up the Malinois foundation, look up your local, your local chapters for canines for heroes. And I mean, there's so many places, but I'll tell you a service dog for me changed my life. So if, if you're able to look into it, um, again, hit me up, email me. I'll be glad to talk to anybody. If you're around my area, I know the Malinois Foundation services mainly, you know, around Utah. Yep. They have some surrounding states, but but talk to me. I, I can talk to them and we can see what we can get set up for you. Yeah. Put you in touch with people. Um, but it a hundred percent it I'm starting to get my life back, my freedoms back to where I feel like I can walk outside and hold my head high. Yeah. Instead of just kind of, eh, woe is me. Like, life is great. It's worth living. You know what I mean? That's any way I can help any any of my brothers or sisters out there. I don't care what branch. Yeah. Active, not active anymore. Regard, reserve. I don't care. Yeah. If you need help, hey, call me. You got. I gave you my email address. Email yeah. me. Let's chop it up. It, I hope to to meet some of you guys on the ice, you know, at some of these tournaments, you know, <laughs> well, I'm no Chara. So, uh, <laughs> that's okay. The best part is after the game, when you, when you put down some cold ones with, with other veterans that you never knew before. And then, then you got friends. You, you got to wait until after the game. Well, I'm not saying there are not any in the water bottles. <laughs> That's why the goalie's always drinking his water bottle. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> I get it now. So yeah, lis- listeners out there, you know, like Brian's saying, there's great organizations out there, you know, just not only Mission 22, but like every episode, of, you know, Mission 22's phone number is 1-800-273-8255. And just hit option one. If you want to talk to someone or if, you know, you're not around the Utah area, and you're like, you know what, Brian, you know, he's got a service dog now and it's not a dog that he doesn't know. It's his dog that was trained to be his service dog, which is, I think is huge. I didn't realize it until you just said it, that they actually, did. I thought they brought in a whole nother dog. And, and most places do, but I mean, I already have my dog. Like we yeah. have our relationship. Like we already have that bond. Why, why bring in another animal that I'm going to stress about and, yeah. and, have more episodes because now I'm training another dog that's peeing on the floor and all this. Yeah. So, so yeah, they, they trained my own dog. It was amazing. Uh, they, they, 
the organization, the Malinois Foundation, hired they they transferred out to um, Elite Dog Training of Utah, and those guys, and those trainers, they come to your house every week, two two days, two three days a week, come out to your house for a couple hours, and just hammer down the training. It's not big group settings, so it was perfect for me. I hate yeah. being in crowds, but it was it just everything about it, man. It was it was top notch. It was amazing. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you, if you're trying to get in there, um, I'll try to pull up a link and put it in the show description of that, of that foundation. But if you're, if they don't cover your area or if you don't want to call them or whatever, you call mission 22, they'll give you different, uh, I know there's like veterans first that's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of good programs out there for anybody out there that needs someone to talk to, or just looking for the camaraderie. Um, you know, mission 22, we're getting back going again here with some, you know, at events. So go to mission22.com and um, go into the homepage and then go down to events and there's a calendar and it's going to be all the events that mission 22 is going to be doing. And uh, if you want to find an event to go to where your brothers and sisters are going, you want to find some new veterans to hang out with or whatever, you know, call mission 22 at 1-800-273-8255 option one. And then, like I said, always, if you're with your friends and you don't want that, you don't want to be called a puss or you don't want to be called retarded or weak or anything like that, you can always text them at 838-255 and then no words are going to be said and nobody's going to hear what you're saying. Yeah, reach out though. I mean, for, for yeah. sure, reach. don't don't be afraid because your brothers that are saying it, they're probably having the same feelings, right? right. But they 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 don't know what to do. That's just the problem. Yeah. Get, we need to get rid of that stigma. I mean, if 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 you're having a problem, I mean, if you got a broken arm, you're gonna go to the doctor. Yeah, you're not you're not a puss for going and getting your arm casted, right? Exactly. It, it's no different. If you've got some stuff going on in your head, man, you you've got to address it because it's right. only gonna get worse if you don't address it. You can't. I mean, it, it, it's like your taxes. You can't just ignore it and it's gonna go away. Eventually, it's gonna come back <laughs> yeah, ten times true. worse. Like you just gotta. I mean, we've all been trained. You just hit it head on, face it, adapt, overcome, and let's go. You know, it, it, don't, you're not, there's no weakness involved in asking for help. Your, your life is only going to get better. I promise you hundred percent tomorrow's worth waking up for. I promise you. Absolutely. You know, like, so, uh, like one of the previous episodes, uh, a guy told me, he said that, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for suicide to end your pain, it's not going to end the pain because your pain is going to carry on to your family members and everything else. All suicide is going to do is end you. It's not going to make you any better or anything like that. It's just going to end you. Um, you know, you got to find that will find, go out there, get the help. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help or just talk to someone. Even if you just email me, you know, American vet podcast at yahoo.com or Brian at his email, you know, just start talking to us. You don't have to openly say, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about hurting myself or you can just say, Hey, listen, bro, you know, you're in mass and I'm somewhere else, you know, what's up, you know, what's the weather and we're going to respond to you. You know what I mean? Cause we all, we all put our hand up. We all did the same swearing, just like at the beginning of the episode, we've all done it. You know, we're all here. Your, your fight never ends, whether you're in the sandbox or your home at garrison, the fight never ends. And we got to keep everybody safe. You got to keep everybody going forward and moving on. Absolutely. Yeah. Brian, I want to say thank you for, for showing up on this episode and uh, reaching out and, 
and telling people, you know, your story on, you know, your PTS, you know, how you got your dog. I mean, that's like, I'm still sitting back going, that's amazing that they let you have your own dog and boom, there you go. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but the answers are there. You just got to find them. And I'm glad that you're finding them and you're pushing yeah, on. And, and it's, it's not, they're not easy to find. I'm not going to lie. They're not easy to find, but I mean, by God, I, if you want something bad enough, you'll get it. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm ready to live my best life. I've lived a shit life because of myself. My pride got in the way. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm ready to live my best life. I'm, I'm 40. I don't have many more years of best life left. Right. So I got to make the most of them. So, I mean, it was time to make a change. It was time to swallow pride. And I'll tell you what, it was the best thing I've ever done hands down. So Absolutely. again, any, anybody out there, my brothers, my sisters, Brian with an I, B-R-I-A-N at IGY622.com. Email me. I don't care what time of day. Once you email me, I'll give you my phone number. I'll, I'll answer your call any time of day. Yep. I don't care. Absolutely. So. Yep. Well, thank you again. And thank li- you, sir. Listeners, if you want to get a hold of me, like I said, it's American Vet Podcast at yahoo.com. Same thing, uh, Mission 22. The numbers will be in the show notes, uh, 1-800-273-8255, option one. Or you can text them at 838-255. And thank you for your service again, Brian. And uh, we're gonna, we'll, we'll keep talking after the show. Listeners, uh, stay tuned for the outro. Hey, thanks. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth. It was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom.